this is Candace Pringle, lead pastor of FE Church, and this is our podcast. So we have been in this series called Light the Fire. This is our sixth week in this series. We've been talking about how to live out the book of Acts, right? And I will just be really real with you right now. Most of the information that came in that series came directly from a Mission SOS uh, training manual, actually. I think maybe a book that Johannes wrote. Uh, and so we've been already, you didn't even know it, but we've already been studying the information that Johannes provided for us, which is awesome. Uh, he could not be more perfect for this series. He lives out the book of Acts, absolutely, seeing hundreds of thousands of salvations uh, across the continent of Africa. If, you, if you're new with us today, uh, just to give you a little background, Johannes Amritzer has been with us for almost 20 years now, I think we said last night. Uh, yeah, long history with Freedom Valley. And I know so many of you who credit your salvation to a weekend where he was here, which is just amazing and and beautiful. And so uh, we're very good friends, go back a long ways, but he is just doing amazing things in Africa right now. Like I said, eight or nine festivals a year. Uh, And you may have heard about this lately if you've been around here in the past couple of months because we've been talking about we're sending a team in June of this year. Six people so far have signed up to go to Tanzania in June along with their ministry. It's not too late. It's almost too late, but it's not too late yet to sign up. If you are inspired today to go on that trip, please let me know and I'll get you the info. Uh, But Johannes is is a a missionary and evangelist, passionate about the gospel. He's also an author. I wanted to mention we have some books of his for sale in the cafe today. Uh, Anybody want a free book? I want to give these two away. This one is Musician Warrior King, the Leadership DNA of King David. Run up here. Get it, Lily. (laughs) Don't be offended. It's a free book, Josh. And a public spectacle, a book about the ministry of the apostle and apostolic Christianity. Anyone want this one? Come and get it. There you go. They are available in the cafe, and he has lots more books available um, on his website and on Amazon as well. So let's, enough of me talking, right? Uh, we're going to show a video of that victory report from, I practiced this all morning, Bukavu. Did I get it right? Bukavu from the Dominican Republic of the Congo. We're going to see that victory report and then we're going to welcome Johannes Amritzer. Give it up for Jesus. Come on. Nobody like Jesus, right? Stand up quick again. It's like a family reunion coming back to southern Pennsylvania here. To, I, 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 you know, when I met with, with Candice and Aaron and Isaiah at the airport, it was like meeting my nephews. I felt this is so awesome. Uh, isn't Candice an amazing pastor? Wow. You, you are doing it so well and you ooze Jesus when you're up there. And you are the, one of the kindest persons I know. I mean that. And then, and then Aaron, this humble man, huh? When he gets on the guitar, I didn't want to preach. I just wanted to stay in that worship. They are an amazing family, aren't they? You are blessed to have them as your pastors. So, even though it it feels like a little family reunion coming into Gettysburg, who have I never met before? Lift up a hand. Come on. This is the first time? Wave at me. 
Where have you been hiding my whole life? <laughs> Finally, huh? Now we get to know each other. So turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, you lost weight since I saw you the last time. You're looking awesome. Just, just lie a little bit to your neighbor. Yeah, come on. Lie a little bit and I will stick to the truth, okay? You can also say like this. This is a very good thing. Tell your neighbor, it wouldn't be the same without you here. Come on. Yeah, flirt a little bit with your neighbor. If you're standing next to a man, say, oh my goodness, have you been working out lately? Your biceps are humongous. And now the man has their chance. You're looking gorgeous today. Wow, I think an angel dropped from the sky. Come on. You know, since we, since we came to Christ, we can't do those pickup lines anymore. So we have to flirt a little bit with one another in church, isn't it? Huh? Okay, if you don't know me, uh, I, I, you've heard a little bit, but I'm a first-generation believer that was born in Austria. How many of you know where Austria is? I know, I know, America, that geography is not your best lesson in school. <laughs> so I have to say, we got no kangaroos in Austria. Some of you are thinking, oh, good day, mate. No. <laughs> I'm from Austria, which is in between Germany and Italy in the south of Europe. Then I got to know a Swedish girl. How many of you know? They are hot up there in the north. <laughs> so that girl, I've chased her around. We got, yeah, and that happens when you chase a girl around. There are kids. <laughs> so we won't go into any biology lessons. I know they cover that in school for you here. But we got two biological kids, Alicia and Adam, and then we got... Two street boys that we took into the family, Jonathan and Ressa. So my oldest son is pitched black, pitch black. He's my black pride and joy from Ethiopia. Come on, somebody. And he married a girl from Paraguay, a little Latina. Woo! And um, they gave me my first grandson two years ago. Can you imagine that combination there? Latino African, can you see him? Little Noah, I like to bite into that little piece of chocolate whenever time I see him. Such a cute boy. And then my second son, Reza, he's from Afghanistan. So he's Asian looking. Come on somebody, we gotta have some Asians. And he married a white chick from Minnesota. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the grandkids there. Then, uh, my daughter Alicia, who now lives in Africa as a missionary, uh, she married a black-skinned Latino from Chile. Oh yeah, I had to, had to take bachata classes just to be able to be in the wedding. You know what I'm saying? Then my youngest son Adam, he is 22 and he's at a university here in Florida. Now we're praying for him that he's going to marry an Australian. Because then we got all the continents in the world in my family. <laughs> it's just so awesome. And, uh, and I love life, love life. Ever since I came to Christ, uh, uh, me, and, me and my wife, who is also a first generation believer, we just love life, love this life for Jesus. And nowadays I live in Africa. The last, day, the last time I was here, I still lived in Europe, but now I live in Africa, guys. I made the move. So that's fantastic. Southwest Kenya. All right. I know you're wondering why am I still standing? 
I don't feel sorry for you. I'm going to stand the whole service. <laughs> so you can stand a little bit. But please be seated. All right. Um, wasn't that an awesome little clip from Bukavo DRC? And, uh, and uh, you, you know, it's been so fantastic. How many of you remember that our equipment burned? All of our gear burned in an in a accident. And, and we needed to get $1 million to get back on track next to budget. And do you know how much that have come in designated for the equipment? Take a guess. We shot for $1 million. 5.7 designated for that. So we bought the biggest sound gear and light equipment that exists on African soil. Come on somebody. When I was a young believer, I was arguing with the Lord all the time. Why is Madonna having these big equipment? Why is Michael Jackson having it? And I'm having the best message and I preach without loudspeakers on that tree. And God heard those prayers. Now Madonna is, you know, she's probably asking, how can I get, how can I rent that equipment, you know? So that's fantastic. So we, we're so happy to present Jesus, the best message in the world, to people that have never heard it. That's our passion, all right? And I, I call myself an evangelist, uh, and an evangelist for you that don't know what it is, it's someone that has just zoomed in on this one task, to present Jesus to those that have not heard it before, all right? And in Bukavu, you, you want to hear some miracle stories, just a few before I start to preach, huh? In, in, in Bukavu, there was a woman, part of a little Pentecostal church in town, they were about 400 members, she had been blind for two decades on both eyes, and the whole church was praying and fasting together with her. And they said, when the man of God comes to town, you will receive your sight. And maybe you, you, you've never heard about miracles or, or you don't even believe in miracles. But on the third night, her eyes were touched. No one prayed for her. She was just standing there under the preaching of the gospel. And her both eyes started to see. And it was not just one woman jumping up and down, screaming at the top of her voice. It was 400 people. The whole congregation danced with her. And uh, so we see this mighty, mighty, wonderful miracles of God. And, and then we, we, we were in the DRC and there, there are witch doctors in the DRC. How many of you know about witch doctors? Uh, nah, not so familiar. You got your ghost walks here, doesn't, don't you? Others. But um, the witch doctors, they, they worship the, the ancestral spirits and they, they, they do a lot of occult things. And one of the witch doctors came in to curse me and my family in Uwira DRC. So he came in and he did his magic on the ground, you know. But then he tells that there was such a fright coming upon him. He got so afraid. And he felt, I'm up against a superior power here. So he peed himself, <laughs> fell to the ground. They had to carry him out. The demons were cast out. He became a disciple of Jesus. And now the people in Uwira, in Uwira DRC are saying that the devil pees himself is in Johannes' services. <laughs> Was another... <laughs> was another witch doctor in Gitega, Burundi. Can I just can I just go with the flow a little bit? He he came. He was out in the countryside, thirty miles from the festival, and 
he heard a voice say to him, go to town. And he went to town and he saw this massive crowd and he went in, had no idea what was going on. And then he started his magic because he understood they are preaching Jesus. I will lose my business. Hmm? And um, then he feels so hot all of a sudden. Such a heat comes upon him. He said afterwards, it was like there were flames of hell burning me. So he threw off all his clothes. It was not a, it was not a pretty sight. <laughs> 60 plus years running around butt naked on the festival ground, trying to escape the flames. And you can imagine, I mean, 60 plus, everything was wobbling and flopping and going all that. How many of you? So I told some guys, we can't have this. There got to be some order. So some Teen Challenge guys from Kenya ran him down, kicked the legs under him, and carried him into the what we call the freedom tent, casted out demons of him for two hours, and he became a disciple of Jesus. And he was up testifying. We wrapped the blanket around him, <laughs> and he was up telling his story. Isn't it amazing what Jesus can do? And... If you are sitting here today, you're an atheist, you came with a friend, or you call yourself a humanist or whatever, you know, <clears throat> uh, I have been there too. I've been there too, and then I met the power of the gospel, and it changed my entire trajectory of life. So I hope you will just sit here with an open mind, okay? Uh, take your defense down and just listen, because this thing is airborne. So either you like it or not, you are going to be influenced, impacted by what happens here today, right? So you can try to brace yourself as much as you want, but you have to probably drive some seven, eight miles from this place not to be impacted today. Because that's how powerful the gospel of Jesus Christ is. All right. So today... I have a little message for you that I call, I will send hunger in the land. And I have felt like that when I came into America this time, that you are up for something new. All right? There are all kinds of liberal waves going through the country, but you also have something that the Holy Spirit is doing with the Jesus Revolution movie that came out and the Chosen series and many things that the Holy Spirit is doing to touch America. And I believe, and, I, and I'm going to say this as a prophetic declaration to, uh, today, that God says, I will send hunger in the land once again. There will be hunger for the word of God. There will be hunger for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? Amen. So we're going to read some scriptures, uh, uh, maybe, maybe a lot of scriptures, but um, I, I wanted to tell you, like this, how, how many of you have ever been in a famine situation where people are starving? Is there anyone that has seen that? Yeah, one over here, another one over here, another one, yeah, that, okay. So then they know. I work in Africa, I've done for 30 years, and it's something, it, it, it grabs you when you see how people can fight over a bag of rice. When they are starving, you know, we got these basic needs as human beings, right? We need to eat. We need to sleep. Uh, we, we are craving love and acceptance. Uh, we have these desires. We have these needs. And when people don't have anything to eat, they can, they can get almost crazy. And I've seen it firsthand. And I also remember this baby 
in this baby in in Kenya, Africa, that could she couldn't stop crying. She'd been given away for adoption. Her mama was an addict, and that baby couldn't stop crying. They gave her milk. They tried to to mash potatoes. They tried all kinds of things, but the baby was just crying. And then finally, someone took a cloth, dipped it in liquor, and put to the baby's lips, and the baby was quiet. That baby was crying out, already addicted. Are you here? From what her mama had been doing during the pregnancy. And she was crying out. So you, you can hunger for good things in life, but you can also hunger for the wrong things in life, isn't it? Uh, so it really depends on what you've been fed. And, and, and what you've been given. And, and I was given a lot of bad things as I grew up. But then when I tasted the gospel of Jesus Christ, whoo, I came for more. I didn't need it to be, you know, uh, dragged into church. How many of you get what I'm saying? I, I didn't come for the programs or for the nice parking lot to the kids ministry. I came because I had tasted something and wanted more. And I believe that we got to have this drive in our lives uh, uh, that is beyond the past. How many of you get what I'm saying? That is, that is beyond a theology. That is beyond. We got to have this hunger in life. And, um, oh, there's so much I'd, I'd like to tell you. I've seen it in Africa. In, 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 in the DRC, they were fighting for the booklets of salvation. We hand out these booklets that's described. They were fighting for the booklets because they, they saw the miracles and they came by the tens of the thousands. And then finally, we had no room. We had to take down 44 houses in a slum area to be able to accommodate another 20 hungry people. They didn't hunger for bread. They were hungry for the gospel and they were fighting for the booklets. And I want to zoom in on this hunger today. Can I do that with you? So we're going to Genesis, the first book of the Bible. And I will preach like if you've never heard the Bible because my, my focus is always those in the room that are, that are not familiar with the Bible, okay? Genesis, the first book of the Bible, we read about the three patriarchs. How many of you remember? Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then Joseph, his story is there too. So anyhow... Isaac and Rebekah had two sons. How many of you remember? They were twins, Esau and Jacob. And uh, it says like this, uh, that when they grew up, these two boys, Jacob was a little bit of a cheater. Uh, he was cheating his way through life. Esau was a flesher, we say in Africa, which means he lived by his desire to cheat through life. Esau tried to get somewhere uh, by, by just following his desires. And we read like this in Genesis chapter 25. The boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. Isaac, who had a taste for wild game, the dad here, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country, famished. And he said to Jacob, quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. This is why he is also called Edom. They called him the red one. He was covered in almost red fur. You should see me without a t-shirt, by the way. I look like a monkey. I'm a South European. I have to, have to shave a little ring around here so that I don't look gross when I come up on stage. But... Um, 
But Esau, he was covered in, in red hair. And, 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 and he also had a taste for chili stew. How many of you know what I'm saying? No? Not in Pennsylvania. Okay. I realized I was not in Georgia now. So, but it says here, Jacob replied, first sell me your birthright. That was his inheritance from the dad. He was the first born, the first one that came out of these two twins. Well, look, Esau said, the flesher, I'm about to die. What good is the birthright to me? But Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. And then Jacob gave Esau some bread and some lentil stew. And he ate and drank and he got up and left. That's how much the birthright was worth to him. He was living by his cravings, right? And then we read, then Jacob, so Esau, so Esau despised his birthright. I hope you will not either one of these two boys today, okay? Cheating won't get you any. By cravings, they often end up in addictions, all right? And you can ask me. I was, I, I, I was dr drunk, I would say, from 13 to 20, uh, almost all the time. I couldn't sleep without the little wine. I couldn't, you, are, are you here? And, and so we can have these different cravings. And uh, we read in Amos, which is one of the prophets, we read like this from verse 11. The days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land. In another translation, it says a hunger. In my German Bible, it says, I will send a hunger in the land. And uh, when, when, when that happens, it will not be a hunger for food or a thirst for water, but it will be a hunger of hearing the words of the Lord. But at that time, Amos said, they will not find it. So I want to say to all of you, you should be very happy you are alive right now. Because right now you can still hear the word of God. There are no persecutions. There are no restrictions to that. You are, you are living in a time where God allows people to find him and drink from him and eat from him and be satisfied. This is a very unique time that you live in. And then it says like this in the New Testament... You ready for a little more word of God? John 6 says, this is Jesus now. Isn't Jesus amazing? Now he is here, the water walker, the one who turns water into wine. Isn't that awesome? In my life, he turned, turned beer into furniture, even better. So it says here, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi, where did, where, when did you get here? Jesus answered, well, very truly I tell you, you are looking, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. How many of you remember Jesus had turned five loaves and five, five loaves and two fish into food for 20,000 people? And they'd been eating, they were fed. And I love that Jesus does that. He's interested in, in, in our natural cravings, what we need, but he's also interested in your spiritual you know, and that's why he came. So here we see this. Well, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, Jesus says, which the Son of Man, he speaks about himself, will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Okay, if you go down in the text, verse 32, it says, Jesus said to them, 
Very truly I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. Now he's referring back to when they received manna out of the sky while they were walking in the wilderness from the slavery in Egypt to the land of Canaan. No, it was not Moses. Uh, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Come on, somebody. There is a, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Isn't this powerful? I am the bread of life. In Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, we have this story. I'm just going to refer to that. Then I will tell a lot of stories here. Don't worry. But in Mark's Gospel, chapter 7, we meet one of the hungriest persons in the Gospels. It was a Syrophoenician woman that would be where Lebanon is today. And she came to Jesus. She was not a Jewish. And she was pleading with Jesus because she had a daughter who was demon-possessed. And, and she was saying, Jesus, could you help me with this? Jesus, because she had heard about all the miracles that he was doing. And Jesus said, first let the children eat all they want. Mark 7, 29, 27. He told her, for it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Very radical passage. Jesus is calling this woman a dog. A Gentile dog. She was not a Jewish. And I mean, she had, she had now... Uh, a lot of human reasons to be offended. But you see, there's something about offense. Offense is only there when we think we are full. Mm -hmm. When you are starving, you don't have offense. Okay? You know why you're sometimes offended? Because you're fed up. So you got nothing else to think about. But when you have bigger issues, you're not in all these little things. Shall I say it again? That it's a Western problem, actually. It's a, it's, a, it's a problem in societies when we think we have everything. But this woman, she was desperate. She was one of them that would fight for the bag of rice. She was one of them that was craving something. So she responds so beautiful. She says, well, sir, she says, <clears throat> uh, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs, don't they? With other words, okay, I'm a dog, but can I have my crumb? Are you getting this? Some of you, you're so offended. I mean, you, 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 let me, let me speak to you. It's not the pastor's problem that you're not in church. Maybe he was mean to you. Maybe he was, you know, judgmental, hypocritical. Maybe he was all those things. But, you know, <laughs> Jesus stands above pastors. The Word of God stands above. You can't build your life on a man. You've got to build your life on God, on Jesus. So people make all these excuses to be offended. And that's because they're not desperate enough. They have not realized what it is to be really hungry. Let me tell you this. I don't go to church because all of the so-called representatives of Jesus are perfect. I go to church because I'm in love with Jesus and I've tasted the bread of life and I'm coming back because I love Jesus. I, I, not everything is perfect. You won't find a church that is perfect. Are you here? It, it doesn't exist. Humans will always let you down somehow. And if you can 
came too close to me, you will probably find some things right now in some of your minds. I'm the hero, the perfect example of Jesus. Well, ask my wife. <laughs> ask my children if they think the same. So we, we got to build our lives on Jesus. Hey, listen guys, I don't want you to become a follower of me. I don't want you to become a follower of Candice. I don't want you to be a follower of Freedom Valley. I want you to be a follower of Jesus because you've tasted something that you can't just have enough of. You are crazy for this Jesus. And God will send that hunger in the land. And I love how Jesus responds to this woman. Well, for such a reply, you may go. Because the demon has left your daughter. In that moment, when her desperate humility was shown, she received her miracle. And I say that desperation and hunger is always the perfect ground, are you here, for the miraculous. So if you came here today and, oh, hope that preacher has a very certain word of knowledge or a prophecy for me. He will tell me I have a red sock on my left foot and a... Probably will not happen. Or you came here, uh, well, I can receive where I sit. Okay, then remain sitting. Don't bother coming up for prayer because you're not desperate enough. You're not going to receive from me anyhow. You're going to receive from Jesus. I'm not the miracle worker in town. Jesus is. I came with him. So you see, this is, this is just how, the way I roll. This is the way I believe it is. I preach the gospel about Jesus Christ. It's bigger than me. It's bigger than any denomination. It's bigger than any theology. It's bigger than any pastor, than any priest. So stop your lame excuses. And go after the real deal instead. Go after Jesus instead. You can't be a victim your whole life. Victim of offense. Victim of that. You got to go after the real deal here. Jesus Christ. All right. Some of you are feeling, boom, 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 I was slapped around. That's good for you. Wait until I call you a dog. I haven't called you a dog yet, have I? You little pit bull, huh? I love Americans, I gotta say. They are always the loudest and the cockiest in the room. I partied, I partied with Americans before I went to church. And I've seen you guys. I've seen you guys in Europe, you know, when you're not that holy as you are over here. I've seen you guys. Oh, we, oh, you know, nudity. Oh, nudity. Oh, my goodness. And then you skinny dip all over Europe, you hypocrites. I've seen you guys. So don't play any games on me. I know Americans are gritty. They are, are you here? They are, they are cocky. You want to solve the whole world, but the world is not solved by dropping bombs. Let me just say that. The world is solved by the gospel that you have received. The gospel that is amazing. Hmm. I don't like this guy. I don't know where he stands politically. You will never find out. Because I'm a preacher of the gospel. And a preacher of the gospel stands above that. You get that? Oh yeah, he stands above that. So, now we're coming to this are you hungry today? Did you come here to be laid hands upon by a missionary and a preacher that you've heard about? Or are you hungry for what the preacher is traveling around with? You see, I'm just following Jesus around and I'm preaching the gospel. And for 30 years I've seen miracles, mighty miracles. We've been graced with so many miracles, but it's just miracles that are following the gospel 
following the message. They reach out for Jesus. They don't reach out for a man. These hundreds of thousands of people that you see coming into our festivals, they are not coming in for the man. They are coming in because blind see, deaf hear, mute speak, demons come out. The power of God is there and it's airborne. So while you listen to this message today, Jesus can touch you as you listen. Some of you will be touched in your car going from here. Some of you will be touched in your beds tonight and at the breakfast table tomorrow because you heard the gospel of Jesus. Is that good? Some of you are still figuring out, I don't know if I like this guy. You don't have to. You don't have to like the mailman as long as you receive the love letter. You don't have to fall in love with the mailman. You got to read the love letter. You got to get hold of what he comes to you with. Yeah, but, yeah, but. That's because you're still man-focused. You cannot be man-focused and expect to receive the bread of life. All right? So we're getting into this. I've seen people all around the world so hungry. I remember as a young preacher, I started to preach in the 90s. Now some of you figure out I'm not as young as I look. Let me pull my belly in, in the 90s, <laughs> beginning of the 90s. And I came to, to Poland to preach the gospel, which is uh, uh, right in Central Europe. And there was this guy who was so hungry, I got afraid of him. Have you met them? He said, I want you to, to, to pray for everything for me that is in the Bible. And I was a new guy reading the Bible. I, I came up with five promises. I prayed everything over him. And, and then he said, you better go home and read because I will be back tomorrow. <laughs> I was reading in the night thinking, this guy's coming back. <laughs> Found some more stuff. He came back. He ran me down. Preacher, you got something for me? Yeah. <laughs> was that all? That's his spirit. On the third day, I, I, I tried to avoid him, you know. Try to get away from this guy. How many of you have met people like that? I have a mother-in-law that was like that. She was a first-generation believer. She came to Jesus when she was 37. I was so ashamed of her as a young man. She would come into service, kick off her high heels in the middle of the aisle and start dancing like no one was dancing. Only my mother-in-law was dancing. And on every invitation, she was up first. Just run up. She would... Run like a moose. <laughs> and <laughs> she, she went up on every salvation invitation. I told her one time after service, you know that you're saved, right? <laughs> she would say, are you ashamed of me? A little bit. She said, that's awesome. <laughs> How many of you love people like that? People that don't care. People that are desperate. People that are hungry. People that are free. What is it that you sing in your national anthem? The home of the free, free and free. well then act like it. Yeah. And don't sit there and say, Mom, um, um, yeah. people know me in this place. Well, that, it, it, it often happens when you live in a place that people get to know you in that place. But I just want to say this. There needs to be more hunger in you than thinking, what will my girlfriend say? What will my mama say? What will my cousin say? Well, if you're still in that place, don't bother. You need to come to a place where you are desperate and hungry. Yeah. 
My goodness, I, <laughs> I remember this Filipino. Can I tell you about this Filipino? I came to Northern Philippines to the headhunter tribes. Come on, somebody. Headhunter tribes. This guy was so hungry. He never waited until I had preached my sermon to the end. He stood up like this in front of me. He was in a loincloth, by the way. Ass bear, loincloth. And he, he stood there when I preached. And he said, get it over with. I saw his, I, I didn't speak his language. He spoke Tagalog. Or, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, wrap it up. Wrap it up. I know where you're going. Wrap it up. I need prayer. Don't you love that guy? He got saved. Then he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. He was healed. He, 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 put, he put his little package of cigarettes on the stage. He's quick smoking. I mean, he, he got it. He took everything he could get. Then he slept by the river because he heard I was going to have a water baptism. And he wanted to be the first one in the water. He yelled at his sister who was in the service one day, started arguing with her in the middle of the audience. And, and I was wondering, what is he doing? And my interpreter started laughing, said, <laughs> he's telling his sister, I've dragged you here all the way from the mountain village because you were sick. And then the preacher invites you to come to the front and you're not going. What's the matter with you? I'm not going to drag you home again. Go up there, get your healing. And they, I'm sick and tired of you. Why people come into churches and then don't don't respond I don't know I don't understand it. I'm a first generation believer can you educate me I don't know why you even bother coming if you're not going to get involved oh let's see if the worship is on today no it's not the right vibe today you spoiled church brat you don't got it you don't have to teach me to worship I was bound in, de in the devil's chains and when the chains came off my hands, my hand flew up. I didn't need any worship seminar to worship Jesus. You see, I, you gotta understand that Christianity is not Christmas and Easter. Christianity is hunger for the Word of God and Jesus Christ. Christianity is not something you inherit from your parents. It's not a culture. Christianity is Jesus Christ. Him as a person. And when you start to hunger for him, you couldn't care about other people. All right. <laughs> I have a lot of, written down a lot of stupid stuff here. <laughs> I came to the Mount Elgon Mountains. Let me explain what that is. Between Kenya and Uganda. To a people group that had just had the Bible translated to the language, but there was no churches in that people group. And I came there, and I, it was so funny. The little kids had never seen a white dude. So every time I walked into a village, I did, whoa, they were running all directions. My goodness. And they were running, a ghost has come, a ghost has come. I was the main attraction. Then they, <laughs> then they came down from the mountains dragging their sick and from everywhere, from everywhere because I had announced Jesus was going to do miracles and the hunger that was in them, they sat from sunrise to, to sunset and just listened. Nobody moved. 
I had to break and drink a little bit at times. After I preached like that for them for two days, they all decided to give their lives to Jesus. The lineup for baptism was so massive. My body was aching for days afterwards. That was the hardest workout I've ever done. And they were hungry. They didn't want to go home. They stayed. They camped on the ground. They slept on the ground. And I saw for the first time in my life, real hunger for Jesus Christ. Are you here? America, you need to get hungry about what is here, what you got. There's a little church building in every, in every street corner almost, you know, everywhere you see a church. But you take it for granted. You can't take it for granted. God will send the hunger in the land for what has already been deposited to you, what is already here. All right? Some of you are saying, oh, I don't know, this is not what I came for. Well, then get out. I don't have time. Are you hearing me now? I, I don't got time. I don't got time for people that are not hungry for the gospel. There's a whole world so desperate for the gospel so that if you are not interested, I'm not going to manipulate you, lure you into this thing, beg you to be touched by Jesus. Either you want it or you don't. As simple as that. So don't give me, don't give me that crap that sometimes say, people say here in America, oh, he's one of those manipulating evangelists. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't come to Jesus because they were playing the right strings. I didn't come to Jesus because they set the lighting correctly. I didn't come to Jesus because there was this amazing vibe. I came to Jesus because I was hungry for something different. I was sick and tired of parting away my life. I was sick and tired of squeezing girls. I was sick and tired. Are you hearing me? Sick and tired of what this life had to offer. And I wanted something that could satisfy my spiritual hunger. That could put things into perspective that could give me a life worth living. And God gave it to me. I was a suicidal. He took it away. I was a, I was a hater. He took it away. I was violent. He took it away. Come on somebody. I was a liar and he took it away. Praise Jesus. I hungered for the bread of life and he fed me. I never forget this family in, in Bolivia, in South America. I, I did a little thing down there in Gran Chaco, the green hell. Then I came there to Bolivia and they were, they were, what do you say, bee farmers? They were selling honey for a living. Is, is, that, is that bee farmer? Yeah. So, so you're going to excuse me, but English is my third language. Am I doing a good job? So far it's okay, huh? English, you got to understand English is a miracle to me. I was drunk in English classes, hated my Scottish teacher. <laughs> and here am I, you're listening to a miracle. <laughs> so, but these, these guys in Bolivia, they were bee farmers and they had a handicapped son who was 22 years old, couldn't walk, couldn't move. So they carried him in a blanket and they sold all their honey, a year's wages, just to get hold of a cab to bring him two hours from their village to where we were holding our Jesus meetings. And, and when I heard the story that they had sold everything, the whole year income, they, they just sold it off to get their son there. I was very humbled. How many of you get what I'm saying? I, I got desperate too. The preacher got desperate too. And he didn't receive his miracle that night. 
But these guys, they didn't give up. Now they went around and borrowed honey from, from all of the neighbors and sold it again and went into debt for a year to bring their son again. When I heard that story, oh my goodness, I was so desperate. We didn't stop praying with the team. That night, the son was running around on the ground because God loves to respond to hunger. I, I don't got all the answers for you. Why some things doesn't happen the way you want to. I will not even try to answer that. No, I don't know. But I know this. Hunger equals what you in America like to talk about. Faith. It's the same thing. Faith and hunger. Faith and desperation. That is when you come to a point where you don't care anymore. My mama came to that point, skin and bone, been, been drinking her life away, living with different boyfriends that were drug addicts or drug dealers, and she was just skin and bone. And I remember when she sat at my, at my, at my stair outside my house, smoked. Have you seen someone that is so bad, couldn't even get the cigarette to her lips? And she said, just do your thing, man. Just... I don't care anymore. She had been so resisting the gospel, so resisting the message about Jesus. Just do your thing. You got to come to that point and then Jesus is going to flood your life. That's what the old people call surrendering, giving up, just coming to a point where I don't, I, 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 I can't anymore. I need Jesus. Well, when we were in Karachi, Pakistan, I was there called by the government of Pakistan to do, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, I was the, um, English. Uh, I was the moderator of peace talks. So I, 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 I helped them build bridges between Hindus and Muslims and, you know, Sikhs and Christians. And we gathered all these religious leaders at the hotel. And in the evening, I was allowed to do Jesus meetings protected by the Pakistani army. That was cool. Tens of thousands of Muslims came in and I preached Jesus. And the hunger I've seen that I saw in these Muslims were so much bigger than I've seen in any church anywhere in the world. They were crazy for the miraculous. You, you, you think, yeah, I probably need it, huh? Am I, am I looking? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Things hanging, coming out of my mouth. Thank you, Aaron. Are you having a good time so far? No. Some of you are thinking this is going to be a long service. Yes, of course. I didn't fly all the way from Africa to preach a short message. And you didn't come in today to go home to a silly football game or something like that. You are here. Somebody say football season is over. Come on. <laughs> yeah. All right. It was canceled. Okay. So here we go. The people of Karachi... These guys, whoo, they broke through the line of security. 150 soldiers couldn't hold back the hungry crowds. They pressed forward to be prayed for. We had long lines of people that were testifying healings. When, we, when I had to get into a car after we had prayed for people for hours, they stormed through and pressed their handicapped children up towards the windows of my car. And you know, when you've met people like that, are you here now? You don't have time for people that, you know, 
Let's see what this preacher got. You're not my focus. My focus is the people in America, when I come in here, that are desperate. Sitting in a crack house right now wondering, what the heck is going on with my life? Huh? Someone, somebody waking up in a hotel somewhere next to a blonde that he doesn't know. Are you here? What is going on in my life? These are the people that are ready to receive the word of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. We need the people that would storm a military barricade. That's the people we... I was in Nepal, Butwal. I think I had Pastor Gary with me. And these people, they were so crazy. Well, as I was preaching, they rolled up the wheelchairs, the people that were lame from waist down, and climbed the rig. I saw three people hanging between the lights. They climbed the rig. They, they didn't know what to do with them. And then they just dropped themselves on stage and screamed, Heal me. Hindus. Hindus in southern Nepal. Crazy for Jesus. I can't tell you how many empty wheelchairs there were on that ground in the end. Because people were hungry. Hunger will release the supernatural. Hunger will release the power of the gospel. Hunger is the ingredients. And God will send hunger in America. If the churches are not hungry, there will be people hungry. I'm telling you, there will be people so hungry, they will overrun the churches. There are people right now in America that are so hungry. I was just in Austin, Texas and preached to a bunch of first generation believers. There's this guy down there who started a church. He, he, he didn't grow up in church. He, he doesn't have any religious background. He started this church and he's focusing in on Americans that have never ever been in church. I was in front of 3,500 first generation believers that brought their friends. I'm telling you, it was the same atmosphere there in Austin as I see in Africa. As I see among the Muslims. There is an America, are you hearing me now, that the churches don't even know about. There is an America that is hungry for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Preach to them and don't preach to the people that are the know-it-all. Concentrate on people that are open, that are hungry. Don't give your time. Don't throw your pearls to pigs like Jesus said. Don't give away the best you have to people that are despising it. That are laughing at it. That are turning their backs on it. No, no, no. Give your treasures to people that will appreciate it. Today I have this message to just sober some of you guys up. You are not that important. With all your offenses, with all your religious defense mechanisms, with all your stories about pastors that had offended you, that has been mean to you, why you've left church because, ah, that was just hypocrites. Listen, you've zoomed in on the wrong things from the start. Let's get to the real things now. There is no, I've said it before, there is no perfect church, no perfect pastor. But Jesus has never failed once. The gospel has never failed once. The gospel is the same. Whew. I remember in Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, where they were bringing clothes. 
I wondered why I couldn't open up my door to the hotel room. I had to push it. And that's because they had loaded a mountain of, of plastic bags with clothes and handkerchiefs that they wanted me to pray for because the Bible says, Acts chapter 19, that they took clothes, uh, stuff to Apostle Paul and when he touched them, they carried healing and deliverance power to people that were demon-possessed and sick. And they had piled up clothes. And when I came out, there were little bottles of oil. There were all kinds of things that they wanted me to pray for. And I, I, I stood there and then tears started rolling down my cheeks. And then I saw someone looking out over a corner. There were all the people, all, all the cleaning personnel, are you here? All, all the waitresses, all the people in that hotel, they were looking, oh, that's, now he has seen it. The man of God has seen it. I threw myself on top of that pile and prayed. And they were telling me that people were healed in their houses, everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And the clothes went from one house to another house to another house. They were desperate just to touch a handkerchief. Are you getting hold of this? When that hunger starts to stir, and, I, and I'm telling you, I feel it right now. Hunger is stirring inside of many of you. You feel, what the heck have I been doing? Why, why have I dragged myself around? There, there is a life here in the gospel, okay, in the four gospels and in the book of Acts that Candice has been teaching about. There is a life here that is possible to live right here on American soil. Is God the same God here as he is in Africa? Is he the same? Do we have the same Bible? Do we have the same Jesus? It is a life that is possible to live, but it can only be released if there's desperation and there's hunger. All right. There are so many things I'd like to tell you guys today. I don't know if I should, you know, let me, let me take this example. My little son, Adam, he always tried to play these tricks with me when I had tucked him in, read a bedtime story. How many of you can feel me when I say, Daddy, I'm thirsty? <laughs> How many of you know what I'm talking about? He always played those tricks. And I tried to be the good dad, you know. Took some extra time with him and really, really talked him in and read and talked to him. And, and then, <laughs> Daddy, I'm, I'm thirsty. And I would respond something like this one evening, I remember. Eh, 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 eh. Don't you play that trick on me, Adam. <laughs> You've had your dinner. <laughs> now sleep. The door was cranked open a little bit to the room I was sitting in. And then I hear him again. Daddy, I, I, I'm serious. <laughs> I'm really, really thirsty. Just a glass of, just glass of water. Then I will sleep. And, I, and I, I don't know. I'm a little grumpy that night. So I say, Adam, don't test me. You might feel the back of my South European hand if you continue this game right now. Sleep. Mama is not here. Your dad is here. Tonight, you're not drinking. You know, I went all the way. Sold Maria out. She was out with some friend. Just sold her out. This is not that kind of a night. <laughs> I love when Adam says then after a while, Daddy, it's serious. I'm thirsty. You can come and spank me. When you come and spank me, bring that glass of water. I go 
was so touched by it. I mean, he was more hungry than any Pentecostals or Baptist I've met in my life. He was more thirsty than... Man, he got whatever he wanted to. And I think he ended up on my lap watching television. And I had a problem with Maria when she came home. How many of you? Yeah. So what am I talking about? You need to be like that boy. I don't care. Give me my crumb. Spank me if you want to. But I'm desperate. And I want to be touched by Jesus. When that humility comes in someone's heart, everything is possible. You don't care about the package. No, you don't care about the package if you're real hungry. You don't care if the bag of rice is blue, green or yellow. You need a rice. You don't care about what the water bottle looks like if you're really thirsty. You see, there was a time when if someone read a Christian poem, I would start to cry. That was when I was seeking God. If I, if I just heard a hymn about Jesus, I started crying. I was desperate. I was not picky about the worship. That's something that comes when we are too fed. Are you here? I don't like that song. Hey, if it said Jesus, I was singing. I don't know about that preacher. Well, hey, we don't have time to discuss preachers. They ask me all the time when I come to America, what is your opinion on so and so? Do I, do I need to have one? I'm busy. I'm busy preaching Jesus to people that I've never heard. Let's get into this. Then if we get into this, everything is possible. All right, I've preached so long, I'm going to end up by sharing a little personal testimony. I remember when I wanted to try Jesus, but I thought the Christians were just weirdos. They were spaceships. They were strange. But I was desperate. How many of you get what I'm saying? So when you're desperate, you look beyond all that. This was not me, I felt. This was not my culture. This was not my game. I didn't want it to be associated. All right? I, I didn't want it to be that, that, that was. But you see, my desperation just grew and grew and grew and grew until I didn't care. And I'm still in that place when it comes to Jesus. If someone says Jesus, doesn't matter if they're 85 or, you know, from a completely different culture than me. Are you getting me? Dressing differently than me. If someone is full of Jesus, that someone is my best friend. I don't ask if you're a Catholic or a Protestant. I ask, do you love Jesus? Is Jesus the focus of your life? It's not interesting to me what denomination you belong to, what church you go to. No, I'm interested. Have you experienced the Holy Spirit? Have you experienced this life pumping from the life of Jesus? And I was desperate. I was so desperate, I didn't care. And I ate the bread of life. Then I wanted to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And that was a big, weird thing to me. People speaking in tongues. Prophesying, doing stuff. That was weird. I, I didn't get it. 
Why are people speaking things they don't understand? And they explained to me that the Holy Spirit can help you to pray when you don't know how to pray. And this is an awesome gift for you and you will be stronger and you will be edified and you will be built up. And uh, So I was in this Bible study and I discussed with the Bible study leader intense. And I tried to convince the Bible study leader was I was probably the one that would never experience this. And the Bible study leader said, the best thing a Bible study leader has ever said to me in my life, he said, can you shut up? <laughs> I said, what do you mean? Just shut up and listen. You might receive something too today. If you could just stop that nonsense, that language I understood. My daddy and my uncles had told me to shut up all my life. That I understood. And I was not offended. I said, okay. I was desperate. And he explained about baptism in the Holy Spirit to me. How you receive Jesus by, by, by accepting what he did on the cross. And then you receive forgiveness of sins. And you receive a deposit of the Holy Spirit. And your spirit are born again. Like when Jesus rose from the dead, what did he do? He walked right through the wall and he said to the disciples, receive the Holy Spirit, and he breathed on them. Do you remember? John's Gospel 20. But still, after they had received the Holy Spirit, Jesus told them, in a few days, he will be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So there's two distinct experiences here. You can receive the Holy Spirit, but you still need a baptism. What is the baptism? The baptism in the Holy Spirit is power to do the Great Commission. Power to do what Jesus asked us to do. To heal the sick, to cast out demons, to walk on water. And, and it was the, it's the key to the entire supernatural book of Acts life. It's the key to this thing. And I understood it. And I so much wanted to speak in tongues. And I so much wanted to experience this. And I discussed with the Bible study leader. And then he said, shut up. So I did. Sat there and I listened and and then as I listened, something started floating up in me. And I, there were two words that didn't make sense to me. They were not in German, my mother tongue. They were not in Swedish, which is my love language. They were not in English. They were not in any language I knew. They were weird. So I started whispering them like in my head and inside of my mouth without my lips moving because I didn't want to show anyone that... I was trying this stuff out because I just told everyone that I was probably the one that would never receive it. And when I did, it started bubbling in my stomach. And I started feeling this life pumping in me. So I said, I got to go to the restroom. Just go, man. He said, I've told you to shut up. Just go, man. So I went, went into the bathroom, locked the door. Put my butt on the tank with my feet on the ring, lifted up my hands and opened up my mouth and off I went, speaking in tongues. Two, three words that I didn't understand, that didn't make sense to me, but it was so freaking awesome, so fantastic. It just welled out of me and I sat there for two hours and after a while I got very loud. When I was done, the whole Bible study group were outside the bathroom door. I came out and the Bible study leader, he giggled so hard. You got stomach problems? I mean, you were sounding real bad in there. And I remember I said to him and I started laughing to the whole group. 
I got it, man. I've been speaking in tongues for two hours. And they all hugged me and kissed me and like we do in Europe. Don't freak out. We kiss each other on the cheeks. And, 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 and we, and, and, and I got it. Then I couldn't stop. If I drove my car, I was speaking in tongues. If I was cleaning my house, I was speaking in tongues. Well, every chance I got, I was speaking in tongues. Why? Because it was my rehab. All my anxiety went when I spoke in tongues. All my cravings for the bad stuff went when I spoke in tongues. I was healed emotionally when I spoke in tongues. I didn't thought I could get married. I didn't, I, I, how can you trust a woman? I would say to the Bible study leader, how? And he said, there's a lot of women that would say the same about a man. Oh yeah, yeah, I get it. But how, how, how can you put children into this world was one of my questions. This world is, I mean, it's effed up. It's messed up. How can you put children into it? But as I was speaking in tongues, are you here? God healed me. God fixed me. I can't explain all of this to you in, in, in any other terms that you don't need to understand everything God does in you and through you. You don't understand half of this world, half of this universe. You're trying to figure it out. And you still drive a car. Some of you don't even know what's under the hood. But you still drive a car. And you don't need to know what's under the hood to drive a car. And I, I'm continue, I, I, will, I will continue to say this. There are some things that our designer knows better than we do. And speaking to him in baby language, speaking to him like this and allowing him to operate through us and heal us takes faith, takes hunger, takes desperation. That's why Jesus says these signs will follow those that believe. They will cast out demons, they will speak in tongues. Today everything is available right here this morning. Everything is available. You can receive Jesus Christ as your Savior this morning. You can receive the Holy Spirit within. He can breathe into you. And your desperation and your hunger will be met. I promise you. I promise you 200% that what no pastor can do for you, Jesus can do for you in a couple of seconds. What no counseling can... Listen up. I respect psychiatrists, lawyers, doctors, judges... They try to do good for people and they are doing good for people. But I can tell you this. They cannot forgive you your sins. They cannot lift your guilt. No, only Jesus can do that. They cannot fix your soul. They cannot come inside of you. No, they can give you some tranquilizers. They can give you a little help along the way. They can give you help to cope with this thing. Which is really, yeah, you're putting on hold. But I'm telling you this. Jesus, he's not just going to, to, you know, fix it for the moment. He will fix it forever. Hey, I'm falling asleep with a smile on my face and I'm not even lying to you. I don't wake up with anxiety. Come on, somebody. I wake up with Jesus. When I start to speak in tongues, my spirit is flying. This is amazing. And I am not standing here speaking stuff to you that I have not experienced. My relatives, they, they were, thought I was the weirdest, weirdest Austrian boy ever when I gave my life to Jesus and started living for Jesus. They're not laughing now. Oh no. Oh no. When I come to the village, I'm the big talk. 
We've seen you in Africa, man. Wow, those crowds, man. I'm offered free drinks in every pub. And I say, give me a coffee. And they say, you don't drink? Nah, give me a coffee. And then they all gather around. And I have to tell miracle stories. At every bar in my home village, I'm telling miracle stories. They're not laughing now. No, no, no. I'm the priest of my family. Called to pray for the sick. Called to help people out. Hey, hey, stand for something. Break out. Stand for something. Live for something. Don't just float with the stream. When I look back, I'm not going to, to say something that is degrading about my family, but I can tell you this. Nothing has happened in that village. The 31 years I've been gone, nothing. The 32, nothing has happened. Same vacations. Same parties. Same, almost same television shows. Same whiskey. Same Jägermeister. Same beers. My God, am I happy I left. Man, am I happy I'm, I'm not in that club anymore. I love them. I love them dearly. They know it. I pray for them all the time. But am I happy I'm not a non-Christian? So don't give me that brat talk about your little party life for two, three years when you were a teenager. Don't brag about the fights you were in and the romantic stuff you experienced in the world. I don't want a thing of it. I want this Jesus life. My family was saved. Hallelujah. Hmm. Guys, listen. I feel like the Holy Spirit is going to do a tremendous thing here this morning. And I'm trying to set you up for it. I'm just trying to, to position you for it. But he's not going to respond to anyone that is hesitant, hesitant, how do you say, hesitant, you know, oh, let's see, and you walk up there, chewing a gum, uh-uh, I will tell you to go back. I, and I don't want to pray for anyone here today that is not running to the front. All right, I want to see hunger. And I know hunger has stirred as I've been preaching this message today. I know the word of God is amazing that way. It stirs. So we're going to stand up on our feet right now. And we're going to invite Jesus and the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does in this room. Are you guys ready for that? So let's lift up our faces towards heaven. Let's get into the receiving position. And even if you don't share my faith, listen, if you call yourself a Hindu Buddhist, Muslim, hey, just respect my faith. That's all I'm asking. You came to a church today. When I come to a mosque, I remove my shoes and I respect. So just respect my faith. That's all I'm asking of you. So now let's lift up our faces, close our eyes. And I want all of you to see three things. I want you to see the empty cross of Jesus where he bled and died where he sweated, where he cried, where he gave his life for you. Then I want you to see the empty grave. The grave couldn't hold him. And then I want you to see the resurrected Jesus. He's coming towards you now. He's walking up towards you now. He's stretching out his nail-marked hands to you. Look into his eyes. 
Look into his face. Jesus is real. God sent Jesus to this world to connect us with him again. God sent Jesus to die for our sins, to be the substitute for us, to feed our hunger. He is the bread of life. To give you that living water that no institution in this world can give you. Now lift up your face, close your eyes and look at Jesus. Angels are gathering around this place. Demons don't stand a chance right now. And today, there's no fear in this room. You, there's just hunger in this room. I feel it as I say it. There is so much hunger. As I've been preaching, I've been seeing it in your eyes. I've been seeing it in your eyes. I've been seeing it in your face. There is hunger in this room. Hunger for the real things. Now look up to Jesus. With your inner eyes, you focus Jesus. I will disappear in a few moments and it's just going to be you and Jesus. But right now, the Bible is very clear that we have to make a stand. We cannot be ashamed. We got to make a stand. We got to believe with our hearts, confess with our mouths. We got to make this real. We got to make a stand. So now be free. Now be brave. Now be an adult. Now make your own decisions. You couldn't care about what the others are thinking. Look at Jesus. Look straight at Jesus. Look into his eyes. Look into these loving, encouraging eyes full of faith. Look into his eyes. And now I'm going to ask all of you in this room that have not yet prayed a salvation prayer. You've not yet said, Jesus, I believe you died for me. Forgive me my sins. Wash away my filth and fill me with your Holy Spirit. Breathe into me this morning. That will be the first invitation. That's the most important invitation. And, and, and even if you've never been to church and you don't know anything about the Bible, but you feel in your guts that what I've heard today is what I need. I'm desperate for it. Respond to it and you will be overwhelmed. Lift up your faces. Close your eyes. Don't look around. We don't care about a boyfriend or a girlfriend now. We don't care about the others that are in the room. You that are standing here, you got this one thing in mind. I got to make my decision. I want to come to Jesus. When I've counted to three, which I'm going to do after I've prayed a short prayer, you're going to shoot up your right hand in the air and you're going to give it as a sign to Jesus and to me so that I can help you and pray for you. If you want to make a decision for Jesus, you want to say, I will acknowledge him. I will believe in him. I will confess him. I will come to him. I'm not ashamed of this. I'm hungrier then I can be ashamed. Lift up your faces, close your eyes, look at Jesus. He's standing there right in front of you. He's in this room. Many of you can feel his power right now. Father, I pray for every man and woman in this room. I pray for all these precious Americans that have come in here today. I pray that your spirit is going to move in their lives. I pray that Jesus is going to transform so many of them today. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will break chains of addictions, will take anxiety away and stress away. I pray that the power of the Holy Spirit will fill their whole beings. I'm praying right now, Father. I bind every demon power of fear and doubt and unbelief and witchcraft and in the name of Jesus. And I release faith in this room, hunger in this room. And I release joy and freedom in this room. Now look at Jesus. 
Look at Jesus, because I'm going to make my invitation in the name of Jesus. Look at Jesus, standing in front of that empty cross and that empty grave. I'm counting to three, and if you want your sins forgiven, you want the Holy Spirit, or you say, I am getting past my bitterness, and I'm making a rededication for Jesus. I've been away from Jesus, but now, today, I'm coming to Jesus and not to man. You're also included in this invitation. Are you guys ready? On three, you shoot top your right hand without any hesitation one two three come on hands so many hands so wonderful now run and meet me around this platform here get out from where you are we don't yeah what are you waiting for what are you waiting come on it's always saying now this is no yeah 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 it's either or. just run you don't need no music. You don't need no manipulation. You don't need anything of that. You're just coming for Jesus. Now, yeah, yeah, you're still coming. Still hands were up. You're not coming. I don't know why you're not coming. Listen, this is not that kind of service. I don't do that kind of services where I lure you, where I beg you. If there's hunger in your life, there's desperation in your life, you run. So... Just come right now. If your hand were up, leave your place. Come here. Come closer. Come a little closer so that we can give room to all of these precious people. Come, come in here. There's so many today. If these are rededications, it's as holy as if you're praying for the first time. You get that? Now, it doesn't matter who you are. You can look at me just quick and then I'm going to lead you into this prayer. But I need to get this to you. Today... We're not different ages up here. We're not different professions up here. I don't care if you're a lawyer or doctor, if you have a PhD. Today, you're a simple human being hungry for Jesus Christ. All right? Today, we're not black and white, yellow, brown. We're just human beings seeking Jesus. All right? So, and I'm so happy that I can be part of this day. March 19th, 2023. Oh my goodness, I will come back here like I've done in the past and I will meet people and I've met so many of them. They said, my life was transformed. It was totally transformed, turned upside down when I made my decision for Jesus. And you will tell me miracle stories. Now the lukewarm thing is over. Now all that playing games with church is over. Now these Americans that I see in front of me, they are ready to just go. If you're sending me to the ends of the earth, I'm going. I am not holding anything back. I don't care if my relatives will laugh, my bodies will leave me, my girlfriend is walking out on me. This is more worth than all that. Now lift up your hands in front of you, the receiving position like this. You're receiving a gift. Now lift up your faces, close your eyes. Now Jesus is standing there in front of you and I'm just leading you to him. Now look into his eyes. He died for you. He rose for you. And he's standing in front of you. You're going to follow him and not man. And right now as we're going to pray, I want everyone in this room, even you that didn't come up to the front, to just help the people that are here in the front. Because March the 19, 2023 is going to be remembered forever. 
Hallelujah. This is your birthday. This is your new beginning. This is a date you will remember. Now let's pray loud. Let's scare some demons. Can we do that? Let's pray like gritty Americans. Are you guys ready? Let's pray like free and brave people. Let's pray loud. Let's pray so that the angels dance and the demons scream. Are you guys ready? Let's pray like this. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. Every one of you look straight into Jesus' eyes and say, Dear Lord Jesus Christ, I'm coming to you and I'm surrendering. Can we lift up our voices and say, Jesus, I don't care about so and so. I am here on my own free will and I'm seeking you and I want you. Now forgive me my sins. Wash me in your blood. Come on, come on, come on. Say it. Wash me. Cleanse me. Take the filth away. Take the sin away. Give me your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Spirit. With love. With peace. Oh, this is so fantastic. Now say, Jesus, I declare you are my Savior. You are my Lord. I am your disciple. I will follow you. Now come into my life. Transform me. Change everything. From this day on, I will be a radical follower. I will follow you. I'm not following man. I'm following you. I'm building my life on you. And I'm coming to you. Now lift up your hands in the air. Let's lift them right up in the air because the power of salvation is rushing into your life right now. The blood of Jesus washes you. There's nothing, nothing, no stain that can remain when His blood washes you like that powerful shampoo. Hallelujah. That powerful soap. There's no stain that can remain. Oh, things are falling to the ground. Shackles of the devil are breaking and falling to the ground. Demon rats are running all direction. Garbage is being thrown out in the street. You become a temple of His Holy Spirit today and you will follow Him. Say, thank you, Jesus. Everybody shout, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for a new beginning. Thank you, Jesus, for taking your place in me. Oh, this, it, it, it happens now. The Holy Spirit is being breathed into you. You can feel it now as you stand there. There's something bubbling, something warm, something amazing coming into your chest. Jesus is entering. Today you will walk hand in hand with Jesus from this place. You will be guarded by mighty angels. Now I want all of you as you are having your hands up, start to pray your own prayers. Open up your mouth, pray your own prayers to Jesus. It doesn't have to be nice prayers or poetic prayers. Are you hearing me? No, no, no. God is looking to the honesty of your heart. You don't have to form any poetic or religious prayers. Just talk to him right now. Talk to him. Talk to Jesus. He's standing right in front of you. Talk to Jesus. Talk to the resurrected Jesus. And just say, Jesus, you know me. Jesus, you know everything about me. You know me better than I know myself. And you talk to him. And when you do, his spirit changes you. 
He breathes His Spirit into you. He washes you with His precious blood. You're a disciple of Him. I want you to open up your mouth and talk to Jesus right now. When I prayed my first prayer, I cussed for an hour. And God listens to honest cussing, but He shuts His ear to hypocritical amen and hallelujahs. But He listens to an honest heart that is crying out to Him. I said, Jesus, take care of me. Jesus, take away all the stuff. Take the crap. Take, take, the, take the hypocrisy. Take the game playing. Take my lying. Oh, take, take my lusts and my cravings. Fill me with that right, real thing. Fill me, oh Lord Jesus, with your power, with your spirit. Change me today. Transform me today. I will not follow man. I will follow you. Talk to Jesus where you stand. Open up your mouth. Just talk to him. Whisper to him or speak uh, with, a, you know, with a little soft voice right where you're standing. But don't just stand there now. Talk to Jesus. I can't save you, but Jesus is transforming you in this moment. Hallelujah. Talk to Jesus. Open up your mouth. Hallelujah. Father, I pray that on this 19th of March 2023, right here in Gettysburg, right here at Freedom Valley, these lives are being changed. Hallelujah. I pray, Father, angels gather around them right now. Send your angels around them. Send, send your spirit into them. May the power of the Holy Spirit be active in their lives, that they are in their beds tonight, as they wake up tomorrow morning. I thank you, Father. They, there'll be a hunger in them to read the Word of God. There will be a hunger in them to pray. There will be a hunger in them to follow you. I love you, Jesus, for what you're doing with all these people today. Now continue to pray. Just talk to Jesus where you stand. Just lift up your voices where you stand and talk to Jesus. Come up here, Aaron, and grab your guitar because in a few moments... I'm going to make a second invitation, but I want us just to be in an atmosphere of worship together. Can we be there? So you that came here, you came here to receive from Jesus, but you didn't run up on this invitation because it was rededication and salvation. Just lift up your hands in worship because Jesus is going to touch you. He's going to touch your sick body. He's going to touch your troubled soul. He's going to freeze us wherever you are now. And you don't need to wait for Aaron. Aaron will start to worship, but you have a worship song in your heart already. Just let it out. Just talk to Jesus. Just praise Jesus. So, hallelujah. And you that have come to the front, congratulations. You've made the best decision ever. Congratulations. We are so happy for you. We're so happy for you. And we will allow you to just continue with Jesus for one worship song. And then I'm going to continue and lead you in to what we call the baptism in the Holy Spirit here today. And many are going to be baptized in the Holy Spirit here today. And many are going to be healed today. But can we lift up our hands and just worship? Sing something that we can all join in with. Something that is Jesus focused. Something where we can just worship Jesus. Come on, let's lift up our hands and worship Jesus. Lives are being transformed. Lives are being changed.
get into a simple Jesus chorus of some kind Aaron let's everyone lift up their hands and worship Jesus the, the power of the Holy Spirit is moving right now pray to Jesus where you stand this is your new day this is your new beginning this is your time to receive salvation and a new fresh start this is your time to walk with Jesus your soul, your sin-sick soul, your troubled soul is being healed as you stand in His presence. As you are drinking His living water, as you are eating the bread of life, say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. That's all you need to say. Thank you, Jesus. And reach out to Him with hunger. Hallelujah. Jesus, 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 my Savior, Jesus, Jesus, come on Aaron.
I just want to congratulate you. Congratulations on your best decision ever made. Congratulations. If you've come for the first time ever to pray this prayer, I'm telling you, when I'm back in town, you might invite me out. I like steaks. You will invite me out. Or maybe a chipotle. I don't know what you have. And we are going to talk over a burrito or over a piece of meat. And you will tell me what Jesus has done in your life, I promise you. What you are doing today will have effects on your children, on your grandchildren. They're, they're, the, the commitment and the decision that you're making here today will change everything. Everything. This is bigger than getting married. This is bigger than having children. 
that is bigger than anything else. Some of you don't understand, but when you hand your life over to Jesus and you confess Jesus and you allow His Spirit to come and transform you, everything changes. Everything changes. Now lift up your hands because I want all these birthday kids to celebrate what is happening in the life. If this is a recommitment or if this is your first time ever coming to Jesus, I want you to say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my new beginning. Thank you for this fresh start. Thank you, Jesus. Candice and Aaron, they have been so kind. They have fixed a tattoo artist to be here today. So we will tattoo on your back, outside in the foyer. I'm just kidding. Some of you wonder. We will tattoo March 19, 2023. He or she belongs to me, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Can I? All right, guys, listen. We belong to this new generation, right? If I would take off my shirt, you will see a lot of tattoos. And we are not going to have that fun in church today. But I can tell you this. Jesus is taking a nail from the cross, dips it in His blood, uses it as ink, and tattoos in your heart today. March 19, 2023. Saved for eternity, forever mine. My disciple, that's the tattoo you're living with today. That's what he does inside of you today. Some of you are wondering, how will this continue? Well, listen, when you wake up tomorrow morning, there's going to be a hunger in you. A hunger from Jesus. I want more of this thing. Get hold of a Bible. If you have a Bible, if it's dusty, dust it off and start to read Mark's Gospel. Short compact 16 chapters tells the life of Jesus that's a good start then you can work with the other three gospels and then finally get into the book of Acts which is a pattern for how we live our lives here with Jesus today and how the first church was built up through the Holy Spirit that is a good start then you get into the Old Testament and you get into the rest of the epistles and the letters but start with Mark's gospel will you remember that if you're a new believer, start with Mark's gospel and then get to the other gospels and then read the book of Acts. That's a good start. Okay, guys, this is so fantastic. Now I'm going to make a second invitation, but you that are here in the front, you can just stay because I want to see how many in this room would like to have that experience that the Bible calls a baptism in the Holy Spirit. I see some hands are coming up. All right. So listen, what, what is the difference between salvation and baptism on the, of, of, of the Holy Spirit? Very simple. Your spirit is being born again. You now receive the life of God and a connection with God. And your sins are being taken away and your spirit is being born again when you receive salvation. But then Jesus speaks about a lot of stuff that He wants us to do. How many of you remember? Yeah? He says we will do all the things He did and even greater. So when you read about Jesus, that is your life described. When you read the book of Acts, that's your life described. In order for you to do all these things, preach the gospel, make disciples of Jesus, heal the sick, cast out demons, hopefully walk on water and raise the dead. When you're going to do all these things, you need power to do that. 
So baptism in the Holy Spirit is your uniform. It is your working clothes to do the Great Commission. It's not a charismatic experience that is just for some very hot believers. Are you here? No, no, no. It's for everyone. It is impossible to live the life of Jesus without being baptized in the Holy Spirit. You can get to heaven, but it's impossible to do the Great Commission and do what Jesus asked us to do without getting that power for the ministry we are asked to do. How many of you get the difference now? And I will lay out some scriptures and then I will lead you into this. John the Baptist, how many of you remember John the Baptist, the forerunner of Jesus? He baptized in the Jordan River. It was a baptism of repentance. And when we come to Jesus, we also go into a baptism of repentance. We bury our old lives. It's a funeral, really. We bury our old lives and we raise up to a new life with Jesus. We die with Christ. We raise with Christ. But it seems, according to John, in all the four Gospels, he says, I baptize you with water, but the one coming after me, he's more powerful than me, and he will baptize you. And in two of the Gospels, he says, with Holy Spirit and fire. And Jesus refers to this too in Luke's Gospel, chapter 24, for example. After his resurrection, he tells his disciples, now stay in Jerusalem until you have been clothed, clothed with power from on high. Power clothes. All right? of Acts chapter 1 verse 5 Jesus say in a few days you will be baptized in the Holy Spirit so the same Jesus that breathed into the disciples after his resurrection said receive the Holy Spirit also speaks about a baptism in the Holy Spirit salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit are two different experiences with Jesus are you getting it everyone get it now so what is the baptism in the Holy Spirit? I always say, I worked as a welder before I started preaching. I'm a blue-collar guy from a very simple family, all right? I welded kitchens, all right? Today I weld people to God. Isn't that awesome? But uh, here's, the, here, here's the thing. I didn't go in in my boxers and welded. If I would do, I would burn my whole body. No, 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 I had thick trousers on, thick shoes, gloves, had a helmet with a black glass that I was looking through, right? I had my tubes and my tools and all that, and I welded. When you are now asked by Jesus to do things for him, preach the gospel to all the nations, to all the peoples, baptize and perform the miraculous, he's not sending you in your boxers. Are you here? It's not sending you ladies in your panties, I promise you. You're not going out going to do this naked. No, He dresses you and clothes you with fire and power. Are you getting hold of this now? Fire and power. So if John the Baptist was baptizing in cold water, Jesus has a river that is made of liquid fire, a lava stream. And he takes his disciples to that river and he dips them down in that river. When they come out of that river, they are covered with fire and power. That's a baptism in the Holy Spirit. Do you get what I'm saying? Is everyone getting it? So why do I need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Well, listen, it's not a must. It is an offer. It's been offered to you. Can I get to heaven, people say, without this? Yes, you can. But you will live a very 
boring, dull Christian life here on earth without receiving the power clothes from Jesus. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is the key that unlocks the supernatural. And the baptism in the Holy Spirit is a necessity in what way? In order for you to pray. How many of you have prayed and then you feel like after five sentences you don't know what to pray anymore? And you say, Amen. That's how it is to pray without the clothes on. But when that fire has dipped your whole body, you know, is is is, is upon you and you are you are now covered in the Holy Spirit, you can pray a whole night through. You see visions, you dream prophetic dreams. Angels will start to visit your home and your life. Jesus will be revealed to you. Some of you will see Jesus in your home, in your living room. This is a real thing. And the gifts of the Spirit, the supernatural gifts of the Spirit. For some of you that are not so familiar with the Bible, let me explain. The Holy Spirit is a person just like God the Father and God the Son, Jesus Christ. So is God the Holy Spirit a person. We believe in a Trinity God. Some have a problem with this. It's not that complicated. Water can be steam. It can be liquid. It can be ice. But it's still water, right? And it's the same with our God. God reveals Himself as God the Father who created the world. And His Son was sent here to earth to identify Himself with our sins, die for our sins, give us a second chance. And the Holy Spirit comes to replace Jesus and the Father here on earth. And He dwells inside of us and covers us and lives with us. Is this, is this making sense? You see, I teach this to Muslims and Hindus and, and, and just saved. So it shouldn't be that hard to get it for Americans that grew up in this Christian culture. Are you guys ready? So now I will continue here. When the, when the baptism in the Holy Spirit comes, now you will have a hunger and a drive for prayer. You will have a hunger and a drive for reading the Word of God. And not only that, He will light upon the Word so that you understand it. You're now reading it together with the author, the one that inspired the authors. And you will be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit. You will start to hear His voice. He will start to speak to you. All of this comes with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Another thing that is so fantastic with the baptism in the Holy Spirit is now you will be able to beat temptations and bad cravings. Some of you go, oh, I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. I'm telling you, I couldn't stop lying because I started lying when I was five years old to survive. I come from a very dysfunctional upbringing. I had 22 homes before I turned 18. All right? And I lied to survive. I was the typical street boy. And I couldn't stop lying. But when I started speaking in tongues and I started living in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden I couldn't lie anymore. It happened by itself. Every time I lied, I had to confess it. I felt so convicted. That was the work of the Holy Spirit. And I became a truth speaker. Are you getting it? Because I couldn't lie being covered in that power. There were other cravings in my life. I'm not, I'm not pretending any games. Are you there? Oh yeah, I grew up like most people without Jesus. There were perversions. There were all kinds of stuff. These things were beaten when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Are you here? I could start to live a pure life. You cannot live a pure life without being covered in the fire and the power of Jesus Christ. You're getting it?
It's the only way. There were other things. I had so much rage. I solved things with violence. I grew I could walk away. I had love in my chest. I didn't have to revenge. I didn't have to get to get the revenge and have the justice all the time. I could just walk away and believe that God was going to vindicate me and fix my problems. Are you here? Happens through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit baptism is the best rehab you can ever have. It's the way to beat addictions. It's the way to live on top. All right. Now people always ask, what about speaking in tongues and prophesying and healing and all these gifts? How is that connected to the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Let me explain. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive a person. And the Holy Spirit has a personality. Alright? And what He does is He prophesies. He discerns between spirits. He heals. Alright? He does all these different things. He comes with all kinds of spiritual gifts. He, that's His personality. That's who He is. Everyone that has the Holy Spirit has the capability inside to do everything that the Holy Spirit can do. Now some of you have been confused. You've been reading 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm just going to help some believers here. And you've been reading, can everyone prophesy? Can everyone speak in tongues? No. And it seems like, okay, we're receiving a few gifts. It's a misinterpretation of Scripture. I'm telling you, I've studied the Greek on this. I've, I've studied the original text on this. So believe me when I say, Paul speaks about the church and our gatherings. Now not everyone can speak in tongues and interpret tongues at the same time. There is an order for things when we are together so that we can be built up. But that doesn't mean that not everyone can speak in tongues because the Holy Spirit in you he speaks in tongues. How many of you believe the Holy Spirit can speak in tongues? Did you receive Him 50%? 75%? 2%? Or did you receive Him as a person? You received Him as a person. That means that everything the Holy Spirit knows to do dwells inside of you. You're His temple. So how then are the gifts released? By faith, by hunger, by desperation, by trying. That's why Paul says in Romans, for example, Apostle Paul says, those that prophesy, they do it in accordance with their faith. And Jesus said, these signs will follow those that believe, cast out demons, speak in tongues. So it takes faith. What is that? Well, here's a little story for you. I prayed for sick people, not because my hands flew up and they were laid by, by His power, are you here, on sick people. No. I believed the Holy Spirit in me has the power to heal the sick and I laid my hands on the sick in faith. Was it my hands? Yes. Was it my obedience to believing He is in there? Yes. Now, it was still my hands. It was me doing it. But the Holy Spirit worked through it and miracles started to happen. It's the same with speaking in tongues. We're coming to that. It's not going to be like this. Some of you think, God will throw down a hook in my tongue and all of a sudden He will start to shake it. No. It's up to you. The Holy Spirit is in there. How hungry are you? How 
how much do you want it? Do you need it? If you need it, and I'm going to explain why you need it, you will start to try. Simple as that. I prayed for the sick and now it works. I started addressing demons and now it works. Are you here? I, I, I started to do other things in the name of Jesus through the Holy Spirit and it works. According to the Bible, there are four ways of speaking in tongues. And why I'm telling about it is because most people that receive the Holy Spirit, is it like that? Because it's a trigger gift for the other gifts. It is a thing that will get you started. Because if you can speak in tongues, you will pray for the sick, you will prophesy, and you will eventually walk on water and raise the dead. Alright? There are four different ways of speaking in tongues according to the New Testament. Are you ready for a little Bible study? Number one, book of Acts chapter 2. On the day of Pentecost when the church was birthed, 120 disciples ran out in Jerusalem and started to speak other languages that existed already in this world supernaturally by the Holy Spirit. That's one way of speaking in tongues. Other earthly languages. That has happened to me. I spoke Russian once. I don't know Russian. I preach in three languages, but I don't know Russian. But I spoke Russian for 15 minutes with a Russian I prayed for. I didn't have an interpreter. And he tried to speak to me a few times. I said, I don't know Russian. And I continued to speak in tongues. And I even called him by a nickname that only his mama used for him back home in Russia. And he had been praying that morning, God, show me that you care only for me. Do something special for me. That's why the Bible says that this type of tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came together, gave their lives to Jesus because they heard them speak in languages that they have never studied perfectly and talked about the big deeds of God. Are you getting it? That's one way of speaking in tongues. And that can happen to you now. Alright? It's in you. The Holy Spirit knows how to do that. The second way of speaking in tongues is mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where the list, there is a list of the gifts of Spirit. There are many more than that list. But it says, speak in tongues and interpret tongues. What is that? Well, now I speak something. I don't know what it is. Sounds weird, crazy, but then the Holy Spirit gives me an interpretation of what I just said, a translation, and it becomes a message to an individual, to a group. It can be a message to me. As a young believer, I wanted people to prophesy over me until I remember one day I was sitting in my car speaking in tongues and then the translation came and I started prophesying over myself. Why not? The Holy Spirit can speak like that. So that's another way of speaking tongues. That's number two, prophetic tongues. We receive something and then we get the translation. The third way of speaking tongues is mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where Paul says, if I speak all the languages of men and of angels, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. How many of you remember that scripture? I got nothing. It seems like the first Christians and Paul probably spoke the language of the angels. Pretty unique, huh? And we've been trying to figure out what that is and we are just guessing. But according to the Bible, we cannot command angels anything. They are the servants of God. But we can pray to God and He commands the angels, right? And 
sometimes I think when we are praying in the Spirit and God is helping us in difficult situations, He addresses angels through us in this angelic tongues. Isn't that fantastic? Top-coded military intel into the spiritual warfare. Isn't that fantastic? He's telling stuff to the angels through us. The fourth way of speaking in tongues is mentioned in both 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Romans chapter 8, Jude, the letter to the letter by Jude. Um, so what is this? A prayer tongue. When you don't know how to pray, Paul says in Romans, you don't know how to pray. God comes and helps you in your weakness and gives you words and groans. He gives you groans that words cannot express. And you pray in line with the will of God. So when you don't know how to pray, He prays on your behalf through you to God. Isn't this fantastic? When you are desperate, when you don't know how to pray. I remember when I was a young believer, my pastor told me, you are a messed up young man. I said, yeah, I know. And he said, no shrink can fix you, but tongues can fix you. Speak in tongues, he said. Speak a lot in tongues. And I did. And God fixed things for me. Because when I spoke in tongues, I didn't know what I was saying, but the Holy Spirit was interceding for me, praying for me on my behalf to God. Are you getting it? Helping me to pray when I didn't know how to pray. What a phenomenal gift. And 1 Corinthians chapter 14 says that we speak mysteries to God. That means the devil cannot understand it. It's a hotline. Hallelujah. That the devil cannot bark. Hallelujah. It's a hotline. And it also says that we are edified by this, built up by this. So what the weights are doing to your body in the gym, the tongues are doing to your inner life with God. When you speak in tongues, He builds you up and you become bold and strong and powerful as a Christian. So when I speak a lot in tongues, I feel so strong in God. It's a tremendous gift. And the devil doesn't want you to get into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't want you to start to speak in tongues and prophesy and do miracles because he wants to keep you weak and defeated. So that's why he comes with all these thoughts. He says, eh, while you are speaking there, that's just you. That's not the Holy Spirit. And I know many of you have tried to speak in tongues and then these doubts have come and these satanic thoughts have come. Oh, stop that nonsense. That's not helping you anywhere. Hey, you got to speak right in the face of the devil. You got to speak in tongues when you don't feel anything. Then you need it the most. You got to speak in tongues so that you get strong in the Holy Ghost. That's why Jude says, we are building ourselves up on our most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Spirit. So these are the four ways of speaking in tongues. And in the book of Acts, we read that when they received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, they spoke in tongues. So that will probably be the first sign. There are many signs of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Not just speaking in tongues. Some people don't speak in tongues right away. Comes a little later. It doesn't mean that they are not baptized in the Holy Spirit. They heal the sick. They cast out demons. They do all kinds of things. But they've not yet started to speak in tongues. That's the difference there. They can, but they have not yet started. How do I start? What will be the last thing I teach now. How, how do I start? Well, 
If you want to walk on water, you have to try. Every summer, I try to walk on water. I tell, uh, my kids have grown up with this. Now they are all adults. Check daddy out, this summer it's going to work. And I pray in tongues, build myself up, and I run out. And until this day, I've been sinking like a stone. But listen, you will read the newspaper, I promise you one day. And you will hear about a crazy Austrian that ran across a lake. Because we are very few crazy enough to try. And God is waiting for crazy people that takes Him on His words and try. Are you getting it? So, why haven't I prophesied yet? Because you need to dare to prophesy. You need to step out and say, I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to you right now through me. Why haven't I spoken tongues yet? Because you've not dared to speak in tongues yet. You need to try. So you've heard other people speak in tongues, right? And, and, and you would say, oh, I, would, I wish I could. I wish I... You can. The Holy Spirit in you knows how to. But you got to release it. How do I release it? Well, you stand there when you got no more words in English, no more words in Spanish or whatever the other languages are that you speak. You got no more words and you don't know what to say. You try to speak like a little baby speaks to mom and dad before they can. How many of you had babies that spoke to you before they could? Wasn't that awesome? They had whole conversations and I didn't understand a thing. And I never slapped them around because they tried. I loved it. Do you think God is going to hit you with a lightning and slap you around because you're trying? Is He a better dad than an earthly dad? He actually says, how much more will the Father in heaven give Holy Spirit to those that ask Him? There is no daddy that gives a scorpion to someone asking for an egg, Jesus says. And there is our Heavenly Father who loves to pour His Spirit upon us when we try. But it is about trying. If you come with me to Africa, we'll try to do this. And you will say, I've never done it before. I don't know if I can. And then you try it and it works. And now you're so happy that someone pushed you out over that cliff and you jumped into the water. I was with my little sister. I never forget, we were jumping from these cliffs. My little sister, two years younger, and she said, I could never do that. If you hold my hand, you can. And we stood up there, and no, no, I can't. No, I can't. No. Then I just stepped out and dragged her with me. She screamed the whole way down, I hate you. But when we came out of the water, she was the luckiest girl on that beach. Are you hearing me? She was so happy because she had overcome a fear. Now she ran up again and did it by herself. Are you getting it? I am that pusher today. That's all I am. I will push you. I will get you to try. I will get you in. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. But you have to step out. So, I know some of you have been doubting. Am I baptized in the Holy Spirit? Am I? I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I speak in tongues. I don't know what I speak. Is that real? I've tried a few times. I don't know. Well, listen. Believe that the Holy Spirit inside of you can manifest through you. It often starts with one word, two words, three words. But if you dare to continue to use it, it will develop into entire languages. I speak in tongues as much as I can when I'm alone. And, and
and it develops. It's not the same tongues as when I received it. It changes. It develops. But my spiritual life is rich. I dream prophetic dreams. I meet with angels. I see Jesus. And it's because I pray in tongues. Alright? So what we're going to do now is we are going to go to Jesus. And we will ask Jesus to baptize us in the Holy Spirit. Are you guys ready for that? We're going to go to Jesus and we're going to say, Jesus, dip me in that river. Dip me in that lava stream. When you are getting into that stream, you will have different experiences. Are you getting You've heard stories. He's going to do it unique with you. He knows exactly what you need. There are so many stories about what they experienced. I've heard everything. I was drunk for three days, some said. And others said, oh my goodness, I couldn't stop laughing. Another one said, I couldn't stop crying. I just felt the love of God so strong in my life. Another one said, I got so bold. I had to speak Jesus in every gas station, in every mall, everywhere I went. I don't know what is going to happen to you, but I know you will have an experience that will be unique and designed for you. There is a flame that has your name. Are you getting it? There's a very unique thing. You don't need my anointing. You need your own anointing. You don't need my Holy Spirit. You need your experience. Are you here? You're going to live a Jesus life. So we're going to go to Jesus and we're going to say to Jesus, Jesus, baptize me in your lava stream. Take me there. Give me my clothes. Give me my tools so that I can live this life. And when we do, I, I will come to a point where I'm leading you and then I will come to a point where I say, now try. Then many of you will try right away because you're gritty, brave Americans. You're just going to, oh, you will just start to, to pray in tongues. And other people will stand there a little bit and you'll be thinking, but if I speak now, it's going to be me. Of course it's going to be you, stupid. It's your hands when you lay them on the sick and the power goes through them, right? It's you. It's your hands. It's you. But the Holy Spirit goes through and a blind eye is open. It's going to be your vocal cords. It's going to be your voice. It's going to be you speaking. But the Holy Spirit is in it. It is about losing control. It is about letting go. It is about saying, take over in my life. Speak through me. Do whatever you want through me. I will try. I will walk on water. I will raise the dead. I will speak in tongues. Getting hold of it? So we need some hungry, desperate people stepping into this. And I can see it in your eyes. I see in your eyes that you have not come here not to receive. So if you're out there right now and you've not yet spoken in tongues and you've not yet been baptized, just join us. Just come out of the aisle and join us because we're going to speak together now and we're going to have a tremendous experience. So now I want all of you to lift up your hands to Jesus. We're back to Jesus. Close your eyes and look at Jesus. And now say to that same Jesus that you prayed salvation prayers to and rededication prayers to. Now say to Jesus in one chorus together with me, Jesus, take me to your river of liquid fire. Come on everyone again. Jesus, take me to your river of liquid fire. Dip me in your lava stream. Yeah, this is very non-religious now. Jesus, give me my working clothes. Give me my tools. Give me my weapons.
weapons. Give me my uniform. Now say, I want to preach the gospel. I want to be bold. Transform me today. I want to overcome my temptations. Yeah. I want to live a strong faith life. I want to cast out demons. I want to pray for the sick. I want to walk on water. I want to raise the dead. I want to live a Jesus life. Give me your life. Multiply your life in me. Come upon me. I want to dream prophetic dreams. I want to prophesy. I want to discern spirits. I want to understand the Bible when I read it. I want to have the endurance in prayer. I want to have revelations. Holy Spirit, I need you. Jesus, baptize me in your spirit. Baptize me in your fire. Open up your mouth and pray. Say, Jesus, come upon my life. Right now when you're standing there, I'm leading you to that river. Jesus is taking you by one hand. I'm taking you to the other hand. And when I get to that lava stream, Jesus is getting down into it together with you. And he dips you in that fire. Now lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. I receive right now. And right now, when you are in that river, you will start to feel it. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that there will be a baptism in the Holy Spirit by your Son, Jesus, happening right now. Now you can feel it. Some of you can feel it in your hands. It tickles. There are streams of power. Some of you feel bubbling sensations in your stomach and in your chest. Say, thank you, Jesus. Whatever you feel, say, thank you, Jesus. Whatever He does in your life. Some of you feel you're getting dizzy and drunk by that new wine. Say, thank you, Jesus. Whatever you feel now, you feel joy on your inside or love on your inside. Say, thank you, Jesus. Now say, give me more. Soak me in this thing. Dip me in this thing. Overwhelm me today. Say, thank you, Jesus. Now you start to feel the power on your face, on your skin. It's going to enter into your bones. You're going to be in that fire until it consumes sin and, you know, all. So just lift up your hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Give me more of this. Now the power of the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. The fire of the Holy Spirit is coming upon you. You can feel it. Now start to thank Jesus with your own words. Talk to Jesus with your own words. Open up your mouth and talk to Jesus. And when you do, all of a sudden you will say, I don't have any more words. Now try to speak in tongues. Open up your mouth and speak in tongues. And many of you will hear words that you've never heard before. Open up your mouth. Try. Walk in faith. Speak out. You've heard other people speak in tongues. Now you try and try. And if there are two words or three words that you've never spoken before, you speak them. And there will often be two or three words that comes back. They come back. They come back. They're there again and again and again. And when you say them, it feels 
feels awesome because now the Holy Spirit is speaking through you, using your tongue as an instrument, praying on your behalf to God. So don't stay inactive. Say, thank you, Jesus. I need more. The hungrier you are, the more you will receive. The more you go after Jesus in that lava stream, the more you will receive. And don't stay now and just keep your mouth shut. Try. Some of you, you say, I could never speak like that. Try. Try. And when you try, you cannot repeat my words. It's going to be words that are very unique for you. And they will come out of you. And the Holy Spirit will start to intercede and pray. And many of you will have a powerful experience within the next few minutes here. But it's coming to those that are active. Can we lift up our hands in a hungry position and just say, give me more, Lord Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit is upon so many of you now. So powerful, so powerful upon you. Now say, I, 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 I want to speak in tongues, Jesus. I want to prophesy, Jesus. Come, flow through me just the way you want. And then you try. When you got no more words for Jesus, you got no more words to praise Him or talk to Him, try tongues. Everyone that knows how to speak in tongues, lift up your voices and speak in tongues. Speak loud in tongues in this room. Let's fill this room with speaking in tongues now. There's a fresh touch of the Holy Spirit upon each and everyone that goes after it in here. Some of you are wondering what is going on here. I'm making disciples of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus. You will become so powerful and so strong. for this woman here. Open up your mouth and try. to them. Speak them out. Don't wait. Try. Try. Speak it out. Worship Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Many of you started to speak in tongues now, but you're not sure. Put 
faith into those words. Speak them out. Even if it's just one or two or three words, speak them out. Say them again and again. And you will be overwhelmed by the power of the Holy Spirit. Overwhelmed by the power. But you've got to take that step in faith. lift up our hands. Healing is in this room, all over this room. Healing is flowing to people. Healing is flowing to your body. Healing is flowing to your soul. Deliverance is moving in your life. Powerful things. Some of you will see visions now. Visions from Jesus. Some of you will be visited by an angel where you stand right now. Some of you, and, and we got no hurry here, no rush here. So if you need to go somewhere, you go somewhere. But the Holy Spirit is moving. Lift up your hands. And if you know how to speak in tongues, speak in tongues. Because visions is coming to you. Jesus is visiting you. Hallelujah. Some of you see visions of what you're going to do in the future. Some of you will have prophetic dreams. Lift up your hands and speak in tongues. And, and many of you that are standing up here, just try, just try. Try to speak like I speak and you realize it will not work. Well, then all of a sudden there are two, three words in your mouth. They are not my words, but they are the words of the Holy Spirit coming through you. And that prayer language is breaking forth in your life. And you are not daring to speak in tongues and the power of God fills you. So just speak. Let go. Let go. Lose your control. Give yourself over to the Holy Spirit. Give yourself over to Jesus. Hallelujah. The power of God is upon you. The power of God. He wraps you in a garment of fire. she tried you don't have to wait gotta try I just pushed her over and she was there lift up your hands and try he's not going to throw down a hook if you want to speak in tongues you try hallelujah I release the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit I release a supernatural book of Acts life right here in Freedom Valley and in Gettysburg you don't have to live another dull day you don't have to live another boring day for Jesus I release the power upon you to preach the gospel in every gas station, in every mall, in every restaurant. I release the power of the Holy Spirit to flow in your life. Open up your mouth. Try to speak in tongues. Hallelujah. 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 
Mahara la Bashekeria, Sokoroboshi a la Mandara Basakaraya, Senkerebremenje Mendele a la Mahanda. Don't wait, don't hold back, speak it out, speak it out. You realize, I cannot speak like that. You continue to speak in the name of Jesus the words He's giving to you. Some of you stand there, you're thinking, why is He not giving it to me? He has already given it to you. You need to release it. It's there. You need to take your step in faith. You are waiting for Him. He is waiting for you. It's the same with praying for the sick. Same with casting out demons. Some people never do it. Why? Well, they got the capacity, but they are not, they're not going for it. When the demons started manifesting in my festivals in Africa, screaming out, I had to step out in faith and say, Hey demon, I bind you and I command you to come out. And now authority came with my words as I spoke them. When I started to pray for the sick, oh my goodness, I was so nervous. I thought, I, I don't got this, but the Holy Spirit in me released it. So now open up your mouth and try. Lift up your hands to the Lord all over this place. Be those gritty, brave, go after it that you were born to be. Come on and take it. Go after it. And in the name of Jesus. Some of you will start to speak in tongues in the car going from here. Some of you will speak in tongues in the home tonight. Some of you will pull a blanket over your head in your bed and you will speak in tongues when no one hears you. Some of you will lock yourself up into a restroom and speak in tongues tonight. I'm prophesying this over you. Some of you will have to go into a restroom at your workplace tomorrow and you will have to lock the door because there's just such a bubbling inside of you and you have to speak in tongues. In the name of Jesus, try. Come on, try. 
Yes, come on. That's it. Come on. Continue. Like a baby. You are in his lap. He loves you so much. And he wants you to take those baby steps now. Speak it up. Say it again. Say it again. I release the power of the Holy Spirit and the boldness to not just speak in tongues, but for him, pray for the sick and live a supernatural life. Now open up your mouth. Get over all of that stuff and speak. Say that louder. I sense the Holy Spirit when you try to. I sense the Holy Spirit coming out of you. And you just need to go for it. Yes. There you are. You're speaking in tongues, dear. These are not my words. Say them again. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you. Say it again to Him. Now concentrate and say it to Jesus. Look at
Yes, is this the first time? Have you done it before? Yeah, now speak it out because I sense the Holy Spirit in you. There you go, come on. I'm releasing. supernatural gifts in her life. Word of knowledge, word of wisdom, word of prophecy that flows through her life. 
Lift up our hands all over this place. We that are still in here. Come on. Lift up our hands. I have listened to maybe 30 people that have started to speak in tongues for the first time in their lives. Let's lift up our tongues together. If you're speaking them for the first time today, or if you've been speaking for years, let's lift them up. Let's fill this place now. The few of us that are still left here, let's pray in tongues. Come on. Karalabahika. Le Karialamahaja. Se Kerialamahanda. Reteli Alamahasa. Rokoroboshi alamahanta, rekere boshi alameheke, 
speak it out loud don't hold back speak it right in the face of the devil you're becoming strong you're becoming edified you built up Oh, I release new missionaries in this place. I release new preachers of the gospel in this place. I release bold people here in this place. One more time, come on, let it rip. Let it come out of you. Let it rip. Rente. Dele boshi ala mandara basi kuri ala mandara basha karabasente. Ridri ala mandule rele kere bolo borogoshi ala manta. Regeri ala mandala mashi kiri ala mandara basi kiri olo mondoro boshi ala mandara basaka. Turning in this to one big prayer meeting. Let's lift up our hands. Come on. We that are left in this building, let's pray. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray together in the Holy Ghost. Let's pray like people of faith does all over the world. Blow away religion, Father. Blow away the old Father. Open up the new wine to all of these precious disciples. Oh, let them drink. Let them eat the bread of life. Let them drink. Oh, hallelujah, the living water. Father, I send them out of this place on fire for Jesus Christ. I send them out from this Sunday. Bold gospel, gold gospel, gospel preachers for Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tonight, when you speak in tongues in your home, and the doubt comes. You say to the devil, you greet him from me. I'm not falling for this trick. I will continue. Because the devil wants to quiet you up. He want, he's going to whisper to you and lie to you and say, what you experienced, that was just you. Uh, 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 uh. He knows that if he can plant that lie in you, he will hold you in a grip of fear and bondage and weakness. But you will lift up your hands and you will speak in tongues in your home. Every time you read your Bible, you're going to speak in tongues. Every time you're going to pray, you're going to speak in tongues. Fill the house, walk rooms up and down and speak in tongues. Fill your home with the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And let nothing hold you back. I wish I could stay for a few days, but I have to fly to a big conference for bishops in West Africa. <laughs> but, uh, and this visit is just too short. Candice, we've got to make something longer the next time, huh? But I, I feel the power of the Holy Spirit is going to go with you. Some of you will realize in your car, I'm healed. Some of you will realize in your home, where is that pain? Where is that thing? And 
and chains are falling off of you. Let's just thank Jesus for everything He's doing in here. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this place. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you, guys, for being with me. And Let's thank you, Johannes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You all are welcome to stay and pray all day if you want. Stay here all day, okay? But like Johannes said, go home speaking in tongues. Make this a, an, an everyday thing, not just a here thing, okay? All this whole series we've been talking about, taking this out take it out of the church, right? Spread the gospel to your friends, your family, your neighbors. This could not have been a more perfect ending to this series, but next week we're going to start on the heart of Jesus, and that'll lead us in through Easter. So if you happen to still be new and you're still in the room, come back with us next week. Come back on Easter. We'd love to have you, but for those of you here, go do ministry. This is about taking it out from here. So let's go do that. We dedicate this moment to you and this new thing you're starting within our souls to you. Thank you and praise you. It's all about you. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you all. so much for joining us today. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, please let us know by going to fv.church slash I am in. And remember to download our app for more content and helpful links.